Hey, Dean. Hey, Wags. What you doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. From Barney's Legends Podcast, we've got a uh, former professional bartender here, Wags. What are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should make a Bernie Blast. And, of course, we're going to be using Leaf Spirits Vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave, shall we? So let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass. So this is like a health drink then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we're going to just cover that with ice. And then now we're going to move over to the side. And uh, if we could come in here and take a close look, uh, we're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. We've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco. Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, do you know? I, I, I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Um, as much as I love where your head's at, Dane, it's blue. And then we're going to put in some ginger ale. Four and a half ounces of lemonade. All right. And now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we can just go ahead. This is the old bar kind of trick when you're at your tailgate. Just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink glass with the OJ. We're ready to go. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of this Leap Spirit vodka. Whatever it's in, it's going to be really good. I know that. Right. And finally, we are going to garnish with a lemon twist. Okay. There's the gold portion of our green gold. I like it. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike. Let me have a sip. It's delicious. Smooth. Leap Spirits vodka. Terrific. Thank you, Wags. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Go back up. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave a wish you good luck. Only thing I will. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here as always with Wags. Wags, let's get after it, man. It's week 18, playoff football. Folks are dropping in the chat if you're watching live. It's a Thursday night, Lambeau Field, Sunday night football, Packers versus Lions win, and the Packers are in. Wags, how you doing on this Thursday night, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I, I think we were talking right before we went live that – it's been playoff football for this Packer team for well over a month, but um, the stakes are real now, yes. uh, right? Because for everyone that said we can't run the table with this team, the way that they're playing, with the schedule that they have, guess what? It's right there. We've got one game to do it. It's at home, Sunday night football at Lambeau Field against a division rival. That is, you know, they've got to see the Seahawks lose too and win this game. But um, obviously both teams are going to be going after it. Uh, I don't expect that the Lions will let up at all, even if the Seahawks win their game in the earlier time slot. I think they're going to probably go out there and, and give it just as much of their all. Uh, but it's uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how that could impact the ramifications of this game. Right now we're going to talk about the Packers. And, uh, yeah, Dane, it's exciting 
Um, even though we were, I think, both pretty realistic about where this season stood when we were at some of those low points, you know, three and six, four and eight. Um, you know, we, we, we said we're not completely out of it. So we try to stay somewhat optimistic. And, um, I think we took a little bit of heat from a few folks, uh, on our social media pages. Uh, but guess what? Um, for those of you that stuck with us and stuck with the team, we're glad to have you here along for the ride as well. So, uh, Dane, I say we could just dive right into this. And um, uh, what, what are some of the leading storylines that you have headed in here to the Week 18 matchup? Yeah, I mean, Wags, I'll tell you what. Um, it might be uh, for the Packers, injuries or lack thereof. Um, this is a Packer team that's coming into this game fairly healthy, all things considered. I mean, as healthy as you're going to be week 18. Um, I, I saw a couple of guys, uh, DeGuara, uh, was on the bike today. Mercedes Lewis had his regular vet rest day. Rogers rested yesterday, was practicing today, but that's it, folks. This is a team that's healthy. This is a team, you know, we've lost guys along the way. Every team has at this point. So we're going into it. Um, you know, and we're, it's a little different. This time versus last time. First of all, both of these teams are so different than they were the last time they faced each other. But we've got Christian Watson. We have the emergence of Kayshawn Nixon. So I think that the injury um, or lack thereof on both sides is a huge storyline. Um, no excuses, right? Lions are coming in pretty healthy. Packers are coming in pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, we're going to line them up and it's going to be two really good football teams. These are two teams that... Um, you know, eight and eight does not share the whole story. They're two very hot football teams that are coming in with a lot of wins in recent weeks and may the best team win. But I will say, I do think the Packers have an advantage, uh, particularly Sunday night football, particularly under the lights at Lambeau Field. Um, it's going to be, uh, an absolute fight though of two heavyweight football teams. Yeah. It's crazy to think back, uh, the first matchup between the Packers and Lions. And that was a game both teams had losing records. And it felt like, I mean, it wasn't a truly must win for both teams, but it kind of felt like it was in that mm -hmm. situation. The Packers actually, believe it or not, had a better record than the Lions coming into that game. And uh, that was a win for the Lions that kind of started their win streak and extended the Packers losing streak, obviously. And so, it, but also kind of crazy to look back at is that was a defensive you know, matchup and, and it wasn't two offenses going back and forth in that game. True. Um, four, 14 to nine game and uh, the Packers offense, we were coming into that while the Packers offensively hadn't really gotten things going. We we're looking at that. Detroit defense, they ranked dead last in basically every passing category. <laughs> We're not stopping anybody in the run game. And they had just fired their defensive back coach, Aubrey Pleasant, who's now consulting with the Packers, by the way. So um, mm -hmm. that's kind of an interesting turnabout. And I'll be interested to hear if you have any insights on how that little uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, tit for tat or some chess moves being made by the Packers uh, to bring in Aubrey Ple Pleasant and, and consult if that could give the Packers a little bit of a, a heads up uh, going into this game. It doesn't seem like the Lions thought much of his coaching work, but Aubrey Pleasant is actually pretty well regarded as a yeah. uh, position coach in this league. And so I think he was a little bit of a scapegoat. Uh, either way, it helped turn the Lions season around. Packers, uh, since that game, eventually were able to get things turned around. But certainly it looked like at that point that we were really putting ourselves in a deep hole that, 
it was going to be pretty tough to dig ourselves out of. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. And, um, you know, we, we look at some of these players uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, this Alliance team right now, Wags, maybe we dive into the offense of Detroit uh, because I want to talk about Jared Goff. Jared Goff's playing some of the best football of his uh, career, certainly in Detroit. Um, but he's playing really, really good football right now, Wags. Um, he's those guys that um, when he gets hot, he gets incredibly hot. And he's just that right now. He has not turned the ball over, I don't think, since he face the Packers in week nine. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge boon for this Detroit Lions offense. And one of the major reasons that they're winning is he's just not turning the ball over. Um, he looks really sharp. He looks on point. Is he a world beater? No, but if you give him time in the pocket, which this Detroit Lions offensive line has allowed them to do, then, um, you know, that causes some real, real headaches for opposing football teams. So um, look out for Jared Goff. Um, he could definitely come into Lambeau Wags and, and, and be efficient and do what he needs to do to beat the Green Bay Packers. So I think that that is the number one goal for me this week, looking at the Detroit Lions offense, is can the defense find ways to get pressure, like they were able to pressure uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, in critical times, and can the Packers get off the field on third downs? Um, because that, at times, has been a challenge this year. So how do we do that? How do we um, you know, force Jared Goff into some difficult situations where maybe we can get some of those turnovers? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly... It's not going to be easy. You can't just repeat the first performance. But if they were able to, if this defense is able to do to Jared Goff what they did in the first performance, Jared Goff and the Lions offense were not the reason they beat Packers in that first matchup. Um, You know, really, and John John Doran throws it in the chat. It's exactly kind of taking the words out of mouth. It was Aaron Rodgers having three interceptions, two of them right down in, in, in position to score touchdowns for the Packers. So um, taking points off the board in key situations. Um, in fact, I think that was the most yardage Rodgers threw for his entire season, uh, 291 yards passing in that one. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards this entire season. So I, I if, I forgive me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe he had more passing yards in any other game other than that one. Uh, but Jared Goff only threw for 104, 137 yards in that first matchup, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I frankly, Dane would like to see us kind of. I, I don't want to say you can just replicate the same game plan that we saw against the Vikings, but I'll be honest with you. If we're able to slow down the run game of Detroit, that's where it starts. Um, you know, we did a pretty good job in that first matchup. Uh, DeAndre Swift was just coming off an injury, so he didn't get that many snaps. Obviously, we're very familiar with the work of Jamal Williams. Um, he's having a heck of a season. Looks like he's going to have his first thousand yard season as pro. He only needs five yards rushing to make that happen here in this, this week 18 matchup. So, um, I, I, not, not to say that the Lions don't have plenty of, uh, weapons in the past game. And Jared Goff has had a heck of a season, probably his best season as a pro. Uh, but, uh, to me, this Packer defense lives and dies with being able to slow down the opposing team's run, run rushing attack. And I don't think it's any different this week. The Lions are going to want to run the ball. If we can force them into throwing, um, I'm happy to see Jared Goff have to chuck the ball 40 times. Um, you know, he, he, he'll he make some passes more than likely, 
but the more times he has to put the ball in the air, we've seen it turnover train the last few weeks, more opportunities that gives our DBs chance to deflect, uh, maybe uh, get our the hands on football and start running it the other way. So uh, I think good things happen if if the Lions are going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. Uh, so, yeah, we're probably going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly with Jared Goff and hopefully a little bit more of the latter than the former. Hey, Weg, so – Talking about that, it's talking about stopping the run. Uh, we, we touched on this on our last podcast, kind of reviewing against the Minnesota Vikings. Some of the success that we saw, uh, really came from moving Kenny Clark off of that nose position and allowing him to use his athleticism. Do you think that that is something we're going to see them replicate again? Because TJ Slayton played so damn well, uh, last week in that, uh, primarily in that nose role. Um, if he's able to do that again against a much better offensive line, but if he can, he can, um, you know, mirror that in any way or come close to that, I think that that's a huge leg up for this Packers team. And maybe, um, you know, late in the year, we might have some guys, young guys coming on on that defensive front in TJ Slayton and in Wyatt, uh, Devontae Wyatt, the first round pick. So do you see the Packers continuing that? Do you think they go back to the well with Kenny Clark more in the middle against a more established offensive line? What do you see that approach going into this game? I think they're going to keep moving around, especially with Frank Ragnow. Um, he's been beat up for the last few weeks, mm. especially. He's it's a, supposedly going to need surgery after the season. Uh, so he's been resting a practice. So he's been a DNP in practice uh, both Wednesday and then today on Thursday. Uh, but that's been kind of how they've been managing him. Uh, so he, expect him to be out there on Sunday for sure. Uh, that said, uh, if he's not fully 100%, the more more we can uh, keep Kenny Clark fresh and maybe throw Devontae Wyatt, throw T.J. Slayton, who had a phenomenal game uh, this past week. Uh, Jaron Reed's been playing some pretty solid football for for what we expected to get from him as well. Uh, so the more that more bodies we can throw up the middle of that Detroit offensive line, and then you know maybe have Kenny Clark moving around. I think. A, that can create some mismatches. B, that can create some confusion. Uh, because depending on what kind of stunts you want to pull, um, if they're going to be kind of doing some shifts in the, the run, uh, downs, uh, down and distance situations where we expect Detroit to run the ball, they might pinch in. Uh, that can force a lot of pressure, uh, on the interior of that Detroit offensive line. So, uh, if it's not broke, why, why change it? I say let's continue to, s- to, to do that, it seems to be working. I wish we would have seen that earlier in the season. As you know, Dane, we've been talking about that for right. a while. So absolutely hope we can continue to see some, some movement. And, um, you know, that also can help to see who complements each other on the outside. We've got Preston Smith who once again is coming into the final week of the season needing a sack or a sack and a half to to get a nice fat bonus. He came so close last season, um had some uh, some pressures, wasn't quite able to get that bonus sack. You can tell he's going to be fired up. And then we've yeah. got JJ Anikbari who has been getting tons of pressures. Uh but I think the more that we can give guys it sometimes it's underrated who those outside guys are lined up next to. And Mm. so I think that's going to give a lot of different looks as well uh, because they can do different moves to complement, depending on if you've got Kenny maybe doing a little bit of a swim, uh, maybe TJ Slayton is a little bit more of a bull rush. uh, That can put different pressures on the guy lined up next to that tackle. And uh, so that can be an effective way to allow the guys that they're lined up next to 
to get some additional pressures as well. So sometimes we focus too much on those one-on-one matchup yeah. and forget about how that all kind of works together and how that complement each other. So, uh, Bain, I think that's an excellent point. Um, and uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they move those guys around and still stay in their lanes and be disciplined because as much as we want to get after Jared Goff, it's still, again, I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to hammer this point home. Isn't going to matter if we allow this uh, Detroit Lions rushing attack to start gouging us a little bit and then they're able to control the clock, move the chain, and wear out this defense as the game goes along. Um, we, we need to make some some stops early, punch them in the mouth, and if the Seahawks have won, uh, I think if we can get them down early, we force Jared Goff to start chucking the ball around. Yeah. Um, even if they put up some points, that's definitely going to be the game flow that's going to be advantageous to us uh, as we get later into the game. Wags, and this is a, a Lions team that rushed for 265 yards last week against the Chicago Bears. So to your point, um, not afraid to run the ball. Uh, our old pal Jamal Williams is coming back to town. You know he wants to stick it to the Packers on his way to a, 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 a playoff berth for Detroit. Uh, Jamal Williams, notorious for not fumbling the football. Uh, he's somebody that hangs on to that ball really well. Uh, Swift, um, a bit more, um, you know, likely to put the ball on the ground, for lack of a better term. Um, Very athletic. Uh, yes, a, bit, a huge burst, um, really talented guy. Um, but you said it, the Packers are going to need to, um, you know, wrap up the ball carrier. And we saw that last week, right? We, we saw a number of times where this Packers defense was playing with so much fire and enthusiasm. Um, they were swarm tackling. They're not, they're not going to be able to let up in this week when we're talking about these running backs. These are very, very, uh, last week, Delvin Cook's really good. You know what? These Lions one-two punch are really, really good as well, especially behind this offensive line. Um, and Jamal Williams isn't afraid of the cold like some of these other Detroit guys might be. Jamal Williams strives and thrives in this. So uh, to your point, we really are going to need to group tackle and we're going to stay in our lanes and be physical up front. We were more physical last week than the Minnesota Vikings up front. We're going to need to do it again this week. Yeah, Dane, I want to ask you kind of going yeah. then to the back to the Detroit pass game. We talked a little bit. Uh, obviously about Jared Goff, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the guys who's throwing the ball to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got Amon Ross St. Brown is, is probably their biggest threat. He's in the slot. Uh, and then on the outside, you got Josh Reynolds, you've got DJ Shark. DJ Shark, I think, has, has had some pretty good games here in the last four or five weeks. Uh, but he can be, you know, uh, more of a rhythm guy. Uh, n- definitely isn't necessarily like a go-to receiver, but he can hurt you uh, if you allow him to. So just kind of curious, given that their main primary weapon is going to be in the slot a lot of the time, how do you see the Packers lining up to try to counter that? Yeah, it's a great question. I say you let Jair be Jair. Um, we saw him last week against, um, against Jefferson. I know this is a little irregular and you want to play your brand of football, but at the end of the day, if we can, if Jair can be up to the task against Justin Jefferson, I promise you, dude can play the slot against St. Brown. Um, so let him ball out and then we'll figure out the rest. Um, I think that there, Razul Douglas on the outside, there's enough talent there, uh, to be able to cover up chalk and anybody else, uh, especially with some of the safety play and some of the safety help. We've seen some really, um, talented play out of the nickel, uh, uh play with, uh, Darnell Savage in the last couple of weeks. Adrian Amos has come on as well. I do believe Joe Barry, he has totally thrown out the coverage scheme. 
from earlier this year. And, and dare I say, maybe saving his job in the process. This is the defense is playing out of their mind right now. They're playing for Joe Barry. You can tell that they're enjoying themselves. They're playing off each other. They're feeding off each other. So Wags, if it ain't, you said it about the D line and shifting things around. Let's say it about the DBs too. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Their biggest threat, hands down, is St. Brown. So let's put our number one corner, Jair Alexander, who just shut down arguably the best wide receiver in football. Let's do it again this week and let the rest of our guys take care of the other guys out there. Because I do think that we match up really well against these wide receivers for Detroit. Yeah, and I thought Rosuel Douglas uh, last week probably had his best game of the season. He's been playing really well the last last few games, actually, Uh, but... Uh, if we can get physical uh, with the uh, Detroit receivers at the line of scrimmage, I think that could could be disruptive. Uh, typically, as we get into these playoff type scenarios, I know it's obviously technically not in the playoffs yet, but uh, we've seen refs kind of keep the flags in their pocket a lot of times with right. with the secondary play, uh, both going both ways. Um, so in, in the last few weeks, actually, um, we had some opportunities. I think that. Rogers in the offense was looking for for a flag and, and didn't get it. So um, this is the time of year where you're, you're not going to get away with something blatant. But if you can kind of play within the rules and be physical uh, with with uh, opposing offensive players, you're probably going to, you know, win those opportunities more often than you don't. So, um, you know, I, I'm not saying to be. Uh, certainly you don't want to be sloppy uh, or, or try to push the envelope to see what you can get away with. But we saw Jair and Rasul Douglas get up and be very physical and try to jam the Vikings uh, last week. And they had some success with it. So uh, that's another, if it's working, let's keep doing it. And um, I, I think it could be effective this week against Detroit. Yeah, All right, no, Dean. I, I, think- I would totally agree. I think that's a, that's a, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I I just, I'm just saying, bit. I think that you're spot on with that one. Yeah, lag. for sure. That's I think right. we had a little bit of a lag there. But um, is there anything else that you want to touch on uh, with the Detroit offense or the Packer defense from a matchup standpoint? No, I mean, I, I just, I'm excited to see it. Um, you mentioned JJ and Igbare Wags, um, and saw staff today. He actually has the most, um, uh, pressures out of anybody sent on the team since, um, since, um, Rashawn Gary went down. That's a huge stat. Um, that's a fifth round guy, fourth round guy who's absolutely balling. So I'm really watching him this week, um, because I think that he is a very critical piece to this team. So let's, let's see what we can do against Jared Goff and company. But, um, you know, this is a Detroit Lions team. And I, then I'll wrap this up. This is a Detroit Lions team that on paper doesn't look like a world beater at any of the positions outside of maybe St. Brown, but as a team, they're a good team right now. And they're clicking and, and, you know, sometimes just good teams, even though you don't have one standout guy can do a lot of damage. So that's my biggest concern about this offense isn't one individual guy. It's how cohesive they've been over the last number of weeks and finding ways to win. Well, and here's the thing, just like the Packers, if they're playing with a lead, they're hard to come back against because they do have a good offensive line and they've got a couple good running backs and they can run the football. And so uh, you just have to be able to manage that. So I, this is not a game where we want to fall behind early 14 to three and have to claw our way back. Uh, could we do it? Sure. Absolutely. But, um, you know, it, it's much better if we can do put the pressure on them, flip the script a little bit and 
get off to a fast start. I, I realize you can say that in any game, but this is a team more so than a lot of other teams in the league that are built to be able to come into Lambeau and play January football and, and be physical and, and, and continue to run the football and just bleed the clock. So, um, so we have to be cognizant of that and not try to force the issue and play within ourselves. And I think if the defense can play together, like they have been doing, uh, they should be able to do enough to slow this Lions offense down or, or get some stops. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Wags, um, should we talk about our sponsor and then we can hop over and talk about this Green Bay Packer offense? Because we've got some great sponsors, folks. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. And it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. So my go-to for betting is always DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And uh, we've got a, a upset, obviously. Uh, Georgia, maybe we expected to be there. TCU, not so much. Uh, but it's going to be a fun game. I'm definitely going to put some coin down on that one. And right now, if you're a new customer to DraftKings, you can bet just $5 on any game and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Wags, we've got a number of Packers that have played for either Georgia or TCU. So my hope here is that the Packers, these guys are chilling on the couch Monday night, uh, celebrating a victory before heading back to practice on Tuesday. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's just this is a really fun game coming up, this national championship game. And let me tell you what, folks, with DraftKings, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. And I'll tell you what, um, the, the, the same game parlays are so much fun, right? Because you could throw different um, uh, different brackets together, do a lot of uh, um, interesting picks. Um, and, and you know, the, the NFL is so unpredictable. And, and there's so many games, especially in week 18, folks, where, you know, some teams are going to be playing all their starters, some teams aren't. But that's what makes it so much more fun. Um, outside of this Packers-Lions game is you can watch all these other games and put a little extra skin in the game with this DraftKings Sports yeah, for sure. So download the Draft, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're giving away money, folks. Uh, go take advantage of it if you haven't signed up yet. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, so, Dane, I think we are ready then. Let's move over to the Packers yep. offense against this Detroit defense. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, um, this is a different situation that the Packers offense finds themselves in. Uh, we talked all about the first matchup for the Detroit offense versus Packers defense. Um, you know, so it's a different animal Detroit defense is going to be facing this week. Uh, that said, um, it's going to be a situation where we're going to have to make sure that we don't turn the ball over like we did last time. Um, we can't shoot ourselves on the foot in the red zone, uh, can't turn the ball over, and uh, we've got to be better on third down. And those are some areas that, uh, quite honestly, you know, aside from the turnovers, we fixed. Um, red zone and third down, it's been kind of hit or miss depending on the week. And so we, it was good last week, but um, this is not a week where we could be kicking field goals all game and, and hope to, to win this game. So, um, you know, I, I think we might need to get, uh, 
at, at least 24, 25 points. It's, it's got it's just kind of a golden number I'm going to throw out there. Um, you know, we talked about Miami a few weeks ago as 30 might have needed to be the number. It turned out it didn't even have to be that high. Uh, so I'm just going to be more modest here and, and throw out 24, 25. Uh, but uh, the Packers offense is going to need to do some work. So what are some of the keys you see right off the top to the Packers offense, keeping things rolling and, and maybe being a little bit more efficient early on? Because we can't count on a pick six and a kickoff return for a <laughs> touchdown uh, to, to start off the scoring this week. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, Weg. So um, instantly what I'm looking at, and I'm circling a couple of their linebackers. Um, these are guys that going into the week nine game, I was I was frankly pretty critical of. Um, but they've they've come on. They're, they're good football players for them. That's Malcolm Rodriguez and Alex Anzalone. Uh, two guys that I think that going into this week, we're going to need to make sure we're getting hats on heads there. Um, because those guys have been disruptive. They've been guys that have been able to make a, a fair number of tackles in the backfield, guys making plays around the line of scrimmage. These are not linebackers uh, over the last couple of weeks that have been uh, making plays five yards down the field, right? These are guys that are up near the line of scrimmage. So um, I'll, I'll be uh, very curious to see the the front five that the Green Bay Packers offensive line, who, who gets rolled out there. Is it going to be Zach Tom? Is it going to be Yash Nyman? I'm pretty confident the other four, who, who it's going to be. Um, um, but, you know, they're going to have their hands full against this Lions team that's gotten hot lately. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, that the, the um, defensive lineman, has been very, very good at pressuring the quarterback, but has also been sneaky good against the run. So, Wags, um, this is a game where the Packers are going to have to play as a cohesive unit up front, uh, particularly with this offensive line. Now, they've gotten really hot lately, this offensive line. So we're going to need to see them continue to make their blocks. But I want to see it start and end in the run game. Yet again, I want to see the Packers be physical at the line of scrimmage. We said it about the defensive line, but we want to see it on the offensive line as well. We saw last week Packers were able to blow back uh, some of these Vikings run defenders early in the game, and that allowed Aaron Jones to have a massive game on only 14 carries. Um, if the Packers can get any kind of space like that, again, the way Aaron Jones has been running, the way that he's been able to find holes, um, then this could be a very successful game for the Packers. But it all comes back to um, making assignments, not getting yourself in the uh, second, third, and long situations, managing the clock, and running the football and playing downhill. Yeah, um, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think we sound like a broken record when we talk about, you know, we have to get the run game going. But fact of the matter is I, I really feel like the Packers got a little bit cute in the yeah. game plan in that first matchup. It was a bit frustrating. We talked about it going into that one, the preview, that the Lions had the worst pass defense in the league and the Packers had a struggling passing offense. And and I think I even asked you, I said, you know, is this too much of a temptation that uh, they're going to try to throw the football figuring this is the week we're going to get things figured out. And what we found out was it, passing offense, yes, personnel and scheme can make a big impact on a team's defense's ability to slow down a passing attack. However, if the other team's offensive players don't have timing and, you know, precision and they're not on the same page with route running and then it doesn't really matter how bad uh, you are as a defense, uh, you're going to be able to, you know, get some stops. Um, Rodgers was just a hair over 50% on his throws in that game. He was awful. Uh, let's just be honest. Three interceptions, um, and he threw the ball 43 times. That's not a recipe for winning. And if anything, maybe that was a little bit humbling for Aaron 
And that was when he finally decided, all right, Coach LaFleur, let's try it your way. Um, and, and things have kind of turned around since then. Uh, but what we can't do is go into this game and, you know, give AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones combined 15 to 20 carries. Um, they've got to be back up into that 25 to 30 range between the two of them. Um, I'm hoping Aaron Jones is feeling fresher and healthier. Uh, after we've managed his workload the last couple of weeks, he looked phenomenal, even in only 25 snaps last week uh, against the Vikings. But um, we're going to need to see him be efficient. And um, I think we need to see A.J. Dillon uh, get uh, some some nice open holes as well uh, so that he can get downhill and get into that second level. Um, so it, it's it's critical to me. And what we saw against Carolina, against Detroit a couple of weeks ago, is the Panthers just ran all over. Um, this Detroit defense. Quite honestly, they don't really have much of a pass offense. Packers are a better offense than the Carolina Panthers this year. Um, and so uh, we, we just have to avoid the temptations and the landmines that could come with, uh, Aaron wanting to force the issue. Let's get a deep shot in. He wants to be able to kind of get that home run hit right off the bat. No, let's stick to our game plan. Let's run the ball. Let's have some nice drives, get down the field. And then maybe in that second or third series, if we're up a little bit, let's take a shot at that point uh, when when they're feeling a little bit down and, and maybe put the gas uh, pedal to the floor. But um, what I don't want to do is come out early, force the issue, and, and start making mistakes, and, and then you're having to play from behind. The game plan unravels a little bit, and uh, we get away from what we want to do. So uh, it, it's going to be a big time coaching game, I think, for Coach LaFleur and the rest of the offensive coaching staff to make sure that we have everybody locked in and that the players are in the best position to execute and be successful. Wags, so where do you see the tight end position fitting into this game plan? And and you know, how how do you see them being utilized for them to be the most successful in helping the Packers win this football game? Um, I think similar to how we have been. Uh, I don't expect them to get really involved in the pass game. Although Bob Tunyon kind of, uh, all of a sudden it was back on the map after this past week. Um, it's Josiah wow. DeGuara popped up on the injury report today, yeah. um, wasn't listed. So a little concerned there with the calf injury. Um, if that's something that, uh, he, he obtained either in warmups or, uh, in practice on Wednesday. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how that's, uh, shapes out because even though Josiah DeGuara, I, I, I realize, from a pass catching productivity standpoint, hasn't necessarily contributed what you would expect out of a, a high draft pick. Uh, he's been critical to the uh, uh, blocking uh, in the running attack. Um, uh, they've been lining him up all over the place um, uh, as an H back um, in the backfield. Um, so you know he's been someone that's got a key role there, and so he would be missed if he's unable to go this week. But um, you know, Mercedes Lewis, if we've got, if we've got a first, uh, second and goal from the two yard line, uh, maybe he'll get it a touchdown. Uh, nice mm-hmm. way to cap off, uh, the season here, uh, at home. Uh, let, let the big man get a, a Lambo leap if we get the opportunity. But, um, I, I think most, mostly the way they've been doing. And, uh, certainly if Tunyon has some opportunities, it's incumbent on Aaron to find him. And, and I, I think it's a good sign. Don't you? Dane, mm-hmm. that uh, they were able to connect last week. I, I know that wasn't the first option on that play, but um, sometimes I think Aaron can forget about guys a little bit, and Tunyon kind of was able to kind of raise his hand after that one and say, I'm still here. Uh, yeah. Get me the ball, and I could do some good things with it as well. 
No, it's great. Um, and and then you know we're talking about the run game, but um, I, I look at this Detroit, the the defensive backs for Detroit, and we've seen uh, a bit of a, a change in the guard to a certain degree. Jeff Okuda, uh, the last couple of weeks, has started to uh, give up some snaps to Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes, uh, former Minnesota Viking. But the guy I really want to circle is Jerry Jacobs, the number two guy, uh, or ex- excuse me, second uh, second year corner. Uh, for Detroit. He's been a guy who's really becoming their number one cornerback. Um, so um, I'll be curious to see how they move him around the field or if they're trying to cover up Christian Watson or who they're trying to take away. But over the last few weeks, Wags, especially last week, um, we saw um, we saw Alan Lazard be a real chain mover. And, you know, he's never going to probably be a guy in this league that's going to be getting you consistent, you know, 80 to 100 yard receptive. That's just not the kind of guy Alan Lazard is. But he's somebody I'm really circling this week because I I have a feeling Detroit's really going to want to try to take away Christian Watson where they can. And Lazard's going to have to make a couple plays and he's going to have to find separation and help move the chains if if this Packer team's going to be successful. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. We've got some nice uh, comments in the chat. That's great. yeah, David Henderson just uh, brought up uh, Romeo Dobbs, and you know it was a quiet week uh, last week for yeah. for all of the receivers, really, aside from Alan Lazard, like you said, and then of course Tony with the, the touchdown reception. But it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to attack. So as much as we talk about we need to keep the run game going, they are going to need to attack this Lions defense and take some opportunities and some shots at some points uh, in this passing game, and uh, there's. The good news is there's lots of options. Um, Dane, honestly, what I would really like to see is, is just going back to the previous question you had for me, is I think Bob Tonyan can really open some things uh, up and Alan Lazard can really open some things up over the middle. But um, that can kind of lead into maybe some longer passes. Uh, Romeo Dobbs has been quiet, and I think he might be due to make a, a big play. He was sort of that field stretcher early in the season when Christian Watson was out. Um, so similar to Tunyon last week, I, I feel Dobbs has been a little bit of a forgotten man since he came back. I, I know he had uh, a pretty nice handful of catches, I think, in his second game back, uh, but mostly underneath, underneath stuff. Um, so I'm interested to see if he can be kind of uh, that guy that, that gives you that post-corner um, back shoulder type catch. Um, Aaron is very mm-hmm. fond of those throws, not the easiest throws to make. Uh, but, uh, if he's feeling it, I think that could be a, a nice play if, if the Lions are trying to play some zone against us and, and take some things away underneath. Uh, that could even, we talk about the deep vertical pass, but sometimes those 15 to 20 yard intermediate routes do as much to open things up uh, against defenses as, as anything else. So, um, I think Romeo Dobbs could be a big part of that. Um, if, if he's given the opportunity to do that, uh, that's the type of route that as good as Randall Cobb is. And as, as much as he's on the same page as Aaron Rodgers, he just doesn't have the size to be able to run those types of routes. Um, Romeo Dobbs can do those types of things. Um, Alan Lazard even can do those types of things if he's able to get some separation. So, um, I'll be curious to see if we're able to, get some timing on some of those types of plays. And I do expect with the way the offensive line is playing right now that they will be able to give Aaron the time 
to be able to stand in the pocket and allow those uh, intermediate routes to develop because those do take some time and sometimes even take more time than the vertical routes do. So um, uh, that's going to be a big key. And, and so uh, if we're able to protect Aaron um, and we get some of those play action looks going, um, I think that's mm-hmm. another uh, key there is just let's settle in on that intermediate pass game. And uh, it doesn't, the big plays don't have to be the, the 40 yard vertical shots downfield. Wags. So weather looks to be in the twenties with the wind chill in the teens. Um, how much do you think weather takes a, takes a page in this one? Or how much do you think that it matters with a dome team in Detroit coming to Green Bay? <laughs> Well, yeah, I said at the top there, or not at the top, but we were just talking. Their offense is built to play in this weather. However, the way the special teams is going right now, we saw that was a key last week. And I mean, I cannot believe I, I almost have to just ignore social media. The Viking fans, we knew Dane that they're the biggest crybabies ever mm-hmm. and they're so annoying and I, and we both hate them with a passion. So soft. But, they're literally complaining about the playing field as if that was the reason that they got blown out in this last game. Um, I'm sorry, but guess what? When you play outdoors in January in the cold, you're going to have to get some cleats that are going to work. Right. And you've got nobody to blame but yourself. But these annoying, dumb fans are going yes. out there and crying about it as if there's some kind of conspiracy that the Packers screwed the Vikings over, that it was an unplayable surface. I didn't see any bat- Packer players slipping and sliding over the field. Nope. And guess what? They knew how to pre- uh, prepare. They've got equipment and training staff. They've got players that understand what you need to do when the weather turns. You're playing on the frozen tundra. So um, that's not going to catch the Lions off guard, I don't think, this week. But I will mm-hmm. say that special teams could be a real issue because that's when things can get a little dicey with the weather. You've seen it with, with, uh, you know, the kicking game, you you can have uh, the ball can just come off of the foot, whether it's a punt, a field goal, a kickoff, whatever. Sometimes things just don't really, um, you know, uh, strike the way that you expect. Uh, So I think that could be an impact. Um, We saw it with Vikings, uh, uh, Chris Joseph, their kicker, Missed a couple field goals. They were a little longer, but he's been really accurate all year. And clearly, I would say it's fair to say it affected him. So um, those are points that came Mm -hmm. off the board in a blowout game. It didn't really end up mattering at all. Um, However, in a game this week that we expect could be a a grinded out affair, uh, the special teams with the weather could definitely be an impact. I don't think it's going to be too much of an impact on the offensive defensive sides, um, provided that the Packers don't get sloppy with turning the ball over. Um, that's, that's, that's an every week thing though. That's not really a weather mm-hmm. thing. Um, as much as it is, we just can't give them opportunities and breathe life into them, uh, by giving them the ball and giving them extra opportunities. But, um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Detroit is able to do. And I think special teams wise, the weather always has an impact and it may not, it may be the same this week. Um, and so that could give the Packers a decided advantage, uh, believe it or not, on the special team portion of the, of, of the football game. Yeah. And Wags. I'll tell you what, Justin Jackson, I'm going to talk about their kick returner before we talk about our kick returner. Justin Jackson for Detroit, um, he's been pretty successful this year. He's averaging a pretty high margin uh, on kick returns. Um, last week, the Packers um, 
uh, had Ahmed up uh, from the practice squad. It sounds like he got hurt in uh, in warmups. Unfortunately for him, I feel really bad for this young man. He had a chance to kick off an NFL game, got hurt in warmups. Um, so the Packers did something again this week. They went out and signed another kicker, Matt Amendola. He's kicked in four games this year uh, in the NFL for two different teams, and he has a big leg on kickoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Amendola isn't kicking off this week. He hasn't kicked in the cold weather of Lambeau Field, but uh, I the, the last stat I saw, I think 12 of his 16 kickoffs this year have been for touchbacks, and the Packers are going to look to try to minimize uh, a solid return unit uh, from Detroit. So don't be surprised if Matt Amendola is swinging the leg this week for Green Bay, maybe as a one-week rental, or if Ramiz Ahmed's uh, injury looks to be lingering. Maybe he's here, you know, knock on wood for a little bit longer if the Packers are able to win this football game. Um, on the other end, uh, Kayshawn Nixon wags, what do the Lions do about Kayshawn Nixon? Are they kicking away from the guy? What are they going to do? And I can't believe, as a Packer fan, we get to talk about uh, having a return guy that teams want to kick away from. Yeah, um, it's it's exciting. I, I think it's unlikely that he returns another kick for a touchdown because that's not an every week type of thing. Uh, that said, uh, he doesn't have to return a kick for a touchdown to have an impact on this game. If he's able to give the Packers great field position on even just a couple of series, um, hopefully Detroit's not kicking it off too often on Sunday. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they can kick the ball to him. Uh, he's that type of weapon right now. Um, he's averaging, Dane, he's averaging 41 yards per kickoff <laughs> return crazy. In, in the last five weeks. So, I, I mean, that's, that's a crazy number. Um, and so if you're an opposing team, Unless your kicker can literally consistently boot it out of the end zone, which I, I don't know, I don't see very many teams able to do, especially in the cold weather, uh, yeah. then I think they're going to have to make some decisions. Uh, is it going to be squibbing? Is it going to be, you know, trying to angle it? Uh, uh, either way, that poses some risk because I just talked about how the ball can kind of come off the foot a little bit funny sometimes uh, in this cold weather as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really fascinating to see either way. Um, you know, Packers need to take advantage of, of what Detroit does because if they do a squib kick, even if it's not in case on Nixon's hands, you should be able to scoop that and, and get past the 30 yard line pretty much every time. And so that could give us a consistently good field position as well. Um, even if it's not, you know, getting into the end zone or, or returning it past midfield. So, uh, Forcing the other team to have to overreact and make decisions like that is always a positive thing. Um, even if it results in Keishon Nixon touching the ball a little bit less, uh, it's giving the Packers a decided advantage uh, if they're ha if they're having to do that. So it's an exciting thing to do. Uh, Dane, also, I want to throw this out there because I, I mentioned this offline in our chat this morning. But last episode, I mentioned how galvanizing Keyshawn Nixon, I think, has been. Yeah. Um, we had Kenny Clark uh, quote that uh, he's got to stand up and watch every time Kay uh, gets his hands on the ball in a kickoff. Um, so this morning I saw an article, and um, uh, this it was from Matt Schneidman at The Athletic, and quotes from Rodgers is, he believes that this year's team is better than the run-the-table team from 2016 that made it to the NFC Championship game. Um, and the reason I'm reading it here is because he says, and I quote, um, I think we're personnel wise, uh, if we're going across a little bo board, I think it's a little bit more talented than that team was. And then I'm going to kind of skip ahead to the quote. 
Uh, definitely on the back end, the way our guys play on defense, I think it's probably guy for guy a little bit better. Offense is probably pretty similar. And then we have Kayshawn Nixon. So I'm going to just tell you, I think Kayshawn Nixon, we might look back at this, and he might be the single most important factor in turning around this Packers season. Uh, so it's not going overboard to sing this guy's praises because what he's done has single-handedly bought swagger back to all three phases of this Packer team. And while everyone else has raised their game and he's not singularly responsible for the Packers winning four straight games, I, what I'm trying to get across is his performance and the excitement and the swagger in his play that he bought and he's been able to bring is, I think, uh, done more to galvanize this team than any other thing that's happened this season. So super exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could go on and on and on singing Kayshawn Nixon's praises. I'm so happy for the dude, and I, I couldn't be happier that it's happening at, at a perfect time here in the Packers season. Yeah, I um, I, I listened to an interview where um, Nixon said that you know the, he didn't really feel comfortable uh, on the team for not even into the season, um, and it took Aaron Rodgers actually went up to him and was like, "Why are you so uptight?" And Nixon was like, "No, nah, man," got upset, and Rodgers gave him a hug. And he said, now they hug every day and like he totally warmed up. So there's something going on there to your point, right? There's, there's a special thing going on with, with, what Kayshawn's doing to this team. Um, and, and, and David has a really good point in our chat. Um, let's mention special teams coach Bisaccia. Um, you know what? Early in the year, I uh, was kind of like, uh, special teams kind of looks about the same. No more. Um, obviously, the punt block was unacceptable last week. That's something that needs to be cleaned up. But overall, this is a much different look on special teams. We're seeing cleaner lanes. We're seeing aggression um, on coverage units. We've seen Tyreek Carpenter and Innes Gaines have both become madmen as gunners on this team. So this is a team that have found talented guys, not just in the return unit. Um, I, I think about Patrick Taylor throwing a great block on that Kayshawn Nixon return for a touchdown. There's a lot of guys that have done their Part, but this is a team right now on special teams. It felt like in previous years we had an offense and a defense and then a bunch of offenses and defensive guys that happen to play special teams. This year, right now, it feels like we have a special teams unit, guys that feel pride to play special teams. That's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, we sang Tyler Davis's praises last year as like the one yeah. bright star on one a, guy. a terrible special teams unit. Now he's like one of many really, really good special team players. Yes. Uh, Tyler Davis's special team performance hasn't dropped off at all, as far as I'm concerned. He's been a great blocker he's, on yeah, these kick he's, returns. He's and awesome. even on coverage, on, on, yes. on coverage as well. Um, he's just being outshined by some of the other guys. So that's, that's taking nothing away from Tyler. That just shows how much as a unit they've raised their performance. And that's exactly what we needed. So, uh, fantastic stuff. And uh, I think it's really cool that uh, we've got a special teams unit that in multiple different areas, not just a kick return, can have an advantage on other teams uh, headed into this game and hopefully beyond uh, because that has not been the story. That's been our Achilles heel, right? Um, you know, defense has been pretty up and down, mostly down. Special teams has been 
completely awful um, in the playoffs the last couple of years. So if that's not the story this season, it's an exciting prospect to see what this Packers team might be able to do, not to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but uh, this is basically a playoff game this week. Um, so may as well talk about playoff football right now. And um, for our special team to be playing the way it is, it's, it, I'm really, really, really anxious to see how that could uh, make an impact as we head into this week and hopefully beyond. Yeah. Um, so Wags, I think it's time. Uh, and I'm getting some butterflies in my stomach. So folks, I mean, if things don't go the right way, this is the last time this year that we're talking about meaningful football. Of course, we'll still be podcasting. Um, but you know, there's a lot of other things we'll be talking about. I want to keep talking about Green Bay Packer games for the next few weeks. Don't you all? I mean, that's what this is about. So Wags, I want to go to you, throw it to you. Uh, Leap Spirits Vodka, a wonderful sponsor of ours. Co-owner is Leroy Butler, NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest Packers to ever do it. Um, and they're a great sponsor of ours. So, Wags, this week, Leap Spirits Vodka, um, who you got uh, to pick offense or defense? Who you got as your Leap Spirits Players of the Week? Well, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to go for a slightly deeper X factor this week on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs. I think here's a guy that I think could get lost a little bit when it comes to the Lions and their game plan and who they're keying on uh, with the Packers offense. We know they're going to try to slow down Packers rushing attack. Good luck with that. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success with that. Um, you know, and then it's Christian Watson um, as, as the main guy that they're going to be keyed on in the pass game. Um, I think, you know, Alan Lazard, I suspect they'll kind of say he can get his if we hold him to five catches for 50, 60 yards. They'll be probably fine with that. Uh, uh, but um, Romeo Dobbs, I don't think is going to attract a lot of attention at this point in that Detroit uh, uh, game plan. So um, I would be interested to see if he can get in some sync early on with Aaron and can have an impact on this game. I, I, I suspect that if we can get some intermediate pass game going or maybe kind of a, you know, a, a 30, 40 yard touchdown um, over the top to Romeo Dobbs uh, on one of those uh, uh, vertical or post corner routes that we were seeing earlier in the season, that could be the type of play that breaks the dam for this Detroit defense because now all of a sudden they might need to overcorrect a little bit. And the guys that they're keying on are still important, but they've got to pay attention to Romeo Dobbs on the other side. Uh, that could be that last piece that gets this offense to another level. Uh, so I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs here, week 18, as my offensive X factor. It's a great choice. And, and folks listening uh, on the live chat, please drop your score predictions in the chat right now. Um, a lot of folks listen on our podcast. You know, this will go to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, tomorrow morning. So we'll be reading out your score predictions before we give ours today. Um, Wags, my Leap Spirits offensive player, I'm going to go with a guy um, who doesn't have a lot of catches this year, but has become integral part of this team. Um, I'm going to go with Josiah DeGuara. Uh, I know he's been injured uh, a little bit today, uh, surprisingly, but this is my thought process behind this. For a number of years, we saw John Kuhn in, in Lambeau games, cold weather, in, in important games, get a touchdown, fall in the end zone. I remember um, Dominic Daphne against the Chicago Bears under Matt LaFleur getting one in the end zone at an important moment. 
This week, it's going to be Josiah DeGuara, a guy who does the unsung job, lunch pail, a hard hat kind of guy that goes to work, throws a ton of blocks. He got a lot of snaps last week, over 20. Most he'd had in a number of weeks. I think this week, um, he's going to keep doing his job, working, 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 but he's going to find a soft spot in the coverage. Might not be the number one option on the play, but Rodgers is going to find a way, and he's going to get one to DeGuara. DeGuara's going to catch a touchdown for this Packers team. He's going to be a big X factor, not only in the run game, but I also think he's getting one in the end zone. So Josiah DeGuara is my Leaf Spirits offensive player uh, this week. Yeah, that's great. Dane, I'm going to let you go back to back here. Who do you got on the defensive side? Um, I'm going with, um, I'm actually going to go TJ Slayton. He had a huge week last week, Wags, and I'm going to go with TJ Slayton because we need to stop the run to be successful. And if TJ Slayton is playing the nose for this Packers team and he does anything close to what he did against the Minnesota Vikings, that allows Kenny Clark to do what Kenny Clark does. That allows these inside linebackers to fly around and make plays. Last week, Campbell and, um, and Walker both had eight tackles apiece. Uh, but it, a lot of it was predicated on TJ Slayton being busy, being active up front. If he can do that again in 25 snaps for this Packers defense, and he can uh, help contain um, the running game, Jamal Williams and, and Swift for the Lions. This Packer team's going to win. I'll say it right now. They will win if TJ Slayton balls out the way he did against the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to say TJ Slayton is my Leaf Spirits defensive player of the game because he makes everybody around him better when he plays good football. He put it on tape last week. He's going to do it again this week. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. Um, I'm not going to overthink this one. Uh, we, we've been on the pick train last week. It was a safeties getting on the pick train. Yes. You know who doesn't like it when, uh, you know, all of the interceptions go to the other guys? Zool. Rod Zool <laughs> Douglas is my yeah. X factor this week. He's going to get not, not just one, count it. Two interceptions. I've got two interceptions for Razul. Uh, he's going to get his hands on the football and, uh, big week this week. We're going to get a couple more turnovers from this Detroit offense and, uh, Razul, uh, is going to be all over the opportunity, get a couple of picks. Uh, he wants to lead this defense in interceptions for the regular season. He and Jair are going back and forth. And, uh, as much as it, he's always going to be a team guy. I know Razul. He's going to want to get his hands there. Uh, so I'm going to go and go with him. Big Lambo moment. Uh, seal the playoff for the Packers. Razul Douglas, uh, is going to have a big couple of impact plays in this one. Fantastic, Wags. I love this so much. And I'll tell you what, folks, um, before, um, those of you listening on the podcast, um, before uh, we get to our selections, I'm going to start to read, um, some of the, um, some of the score predictions in the chat. John says 31, 10, Packers win. Great selection. Packers go big, according to John. David says we break it open 34 to 17, Packers. Uh, Shadid says, 42-24 Green Bay Packers. We have a lot of confidence. John says Packers 31, Lions 17. We have so much confidence in the chat today, Wags. So I'm going to push it to you. How confident are you in the Green Bay Packers winning this football game? And what is your final score prediction? Dude, I think if we can, honestly, um, I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to lose. And so as much as I said earlier that the Lions are going to come out and they're going to be just as fired up, and obviously the coaching staff is going to do what he can do, um, if the Packers can get up early, punch him in the mouth, uh, I'd say early in the second half, maybe pull away a little bit. I like some of these scores in the chat. Uh, maybe we pull away. It's just a little bit closer in the first half, but get up a couple of scores, get an interception from Masul, 
uh, then I think at that point we can kind of uh, put the door on them uh, because uh, then the Lions players know their season's pretty much over. Uh, so not a lot to fight for at that point, um, to be honest with you. Uh, so uh, that's the game script I would definitely like to see. Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit harder than what we'd like. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, from a score standpoint, I think we're going to put some points in, in this one. I really do. Uh, only nine points against Detroit in that first matchup. I, I, this will be completely different. In, in my opinion, we're going to put up 30 plus. I've got the Packers 34 Detroit 20, um, and that's going to be on a late score, uh, kind of garbage time touchdown again, just like in this last one. Back to back, really strong blowout performances for the Packers. We're back in the playoffs, uh, as a seven seed and then look out. Um, I, I, I'm really, really very confident that we can get this done, uh, as long as, uh, we, uh, play a clean game and, uh, come out strong and, and don't have to play from behind. That's great. Uh, I'll tell you what, I love the confidence. So you're joining a lot of folks' confidence in this game, and I, I, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, um, it's going to be a little cold for Detroit. Um, I would tend to agree with you. Um, they're not going to maybe have much to play for by the time they hit the field. I think that's going to be a bit of a letdown for Detroit. But even if they do, I think this is a Packers team that um, my only concern truly going into this game is that they played so well last week um that you know that that they they feel like they're you know and they haven't shown signs of this but maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit but i don't think it matters this late in the year i think this is a team that's really gotten on track that's figuring out who they are there's way more trust in this locker room you can see it on the field these guys trust each other they did not have trust in each other the first 10 weeks of the year they just didn't we're seeing that they trust each other now they got each other's back they're going to go to war together they're going to go to battle together so wags I think the Packers, I think Aaron Rodgers balls out. I'll just say it. I think Aaron Rodgers has a major second half performance. And I think the Packers end up winning 34 to 19. I think the Lions score, you know, they go for a two or whatever late in the game. But I think the Packers first half could be a little tight. I think the Packers defense gets some short fields for the Packer offense. They might even get another, you know, pick six or something on Jared Goff. But I think this is a Packers offense that is humming along and they're going to play really, really good football. I also foresee the Detroit Lions getting a little too cute worrying about Kayshawn Nixon and that allowing the Packers to get that short field yet again. So Packers are going to put up some points, 34 to 19. Packers win this football game. They take care of business at Lambeau Field. And uh, you know what? We're going to the playoffs again, and we're celebrating, and we're talking another week of play- Packer football on this podcast. Yeah, Dan, I, I couldn't agree more. We're talking first first two months of the season that this was a team that didn't have an identity. Well, guess what? They have an identity now on the defensive side, on the offensive side, and on special teams. All three phases, they have an identity. We haven't had that from any of the teams that won 13 games the last three years. To be honest with you, we've always had an Achilles heel. And this isn't a world-beating offense or defense. And it's not the top-ranked special teams unit in the league. Uh, but um, they're playing really well in all three phases at the right time of the season. And so as long as we don't let our guard down and lose our identity in any of those areas, I think that we can play and execute in a complementary way cover up even if we make a mistake or two um and so i i do have a lot of confidence right now as well um so folks thanks so much this was really a lot of fun i I really appreciate everybody joining us uh that was uh with us here on the live stream uh and uh, for all the comments that you had in the chat tonight um but and 
of course, all season long. Uh, at Dane, yeah, as you Lakes, said, do you mind if I yeah, say something on that? Uh, on all season long, a lot of folks jumped off the bandwagon, but we see who's you know listening. We see who's on this chat every single week. Didn't matter if the Packers are four and six. Didn't matter whatever. Um, so on the chat, those of you listening on the podcast that we know are downloading week in week out. Seriously, y'all are awesome. It's so much fun that we get to do this podcast, get to know some of you offline, get to know some of you through this Packers. We love you guys. This is so much fun. Uh, so thank you for being awesome Packers fans. Thanks for joining this podcast tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And David, don't worry. Beard is continuing to grow. So um, folks, thanks so much. Uh, I think we're going to sign out. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll leave the wish of good luck. Only thing I will say.